0: The bill itself, the intent of the bill is to is to make sure that harmful and coercive practice is not carried out against people to change their sexual orientation or gender identity. I think we can all agree that that ought not yes. happen. Yeah. And as Christians, we can stand shoulder to shoulder with people and say, you know what? No, those kinds of things should not occur. But the language of the bill needs to change sure. to make sure that not only are religious beliefs not infringed upon, hmm. but also that helpful therapeutic medical practices aren't infringed upon. Welcome to another episode
1: of the Prepare Dancer podcast. My name is Sean Walker and I'm excited to have Scott Steen in studio today. Hi, Sean. And today's discussion is going to be around Bill C-6. The Canadian Parliament is sitting and this bill looks like it is on the docket. And so we're going to be talking about this again. And initially we're going to
0: start with what are the key concerns about this bill? Sure. And there's a couple I'd like to just mention, Sean, uh, maybe just for those who haven't, maybe who aren't up to speed or haven't been, um, you know, just keeping track of Bill C-6 or don't, aren't as familiar with it. We've been writing about it and talking about it for a little while. But Bill C-6 is an act to amend the criminal code with respect to conversion therapy. So specifically, it's dealing to change the con- the criminal code in addressing the treatment of or the use of treatments to attempt to change someone's sexual orientation or gender identity and or gender expression. That was added as well. We'll even mention that a little bit later. But that's the the focus of the bill. The two concerns that have been on the, the front of people's minds, there have been quite a few, but there are two that I would just particularly point out to remind people of or make us aware of. The first is that the bill itself with the language in the bill, it actually brings it, it brings value judgments, actually believe, judgments about beliefs into the criminal code, mm-hmm. which is something kind of peculiar. Uh, here's what the, the opening preamble to the bill says. It reads, whereas conversion therapy causes harm to society because, among other things, it is based on and propagates myths and stereotypes about sexual orientation and gender identity, including the myth that a person's sexual orientation and gender identity can and ought to be changed. So right away, one of the concerns is that it's, it's uh, raising this idea that the reason ge- conversion therapy has to be addressed is because there are harmful myths circulating in our society, right. and these myths need to be addressed. Well, the myth is with respect to the w- beliefs that people have about sexual orientation and gender right. identity it's beliefs about our very human nature now the purpose of our charter of of rights and freedoms is to ensure that people who hold minority beliefs even if your beliefs are not mainstream and are mm-hmm. not popular with the broader culture that we have the right to hold them and that we don't feel marginalized or penalized as citizens for holding those beliefs right. so one of the one of the real concerns right out of the gates with this the language of this bill is that essentially it sets the government against anyone who doesn't share these views and beliefs.
1: Right.
0: Or it sets the government against anyone who does have contrary views and beliefs about sexual orientation and gender identity. So that's, that's the first real concern. Yeah. The fact that that's being written into criminal code. The second and probably the biggest concern that's been most addressed by a, a variety of groups, not just faith groups, but mm-hmm. uh, people in the medical profession as well, those who deal with, uh, you know, with mental illness and, and uh, those in the psychiatric or psychological field, has to do with the, the definition of conversion therapy, right. that the language is really vague. Uh, Here is how how Bill C-6 defines conversion therapy. It defines it as a practice, treatment, or service which is designed to change a person's sexual orientation to heterosexual or gender identity to cisgender or to repress or reduce non-heterosexual attraction or sexual behavior. Now, the first big problem is that just in that language itself, the language of the bill does not specify what constitutes or is exempt from practice, treatment, or service. Right. Right? That, yep. Those terms are, are such broad terms, yeah. right? What's included yep. in that? And there's been a lot of people who've gone before parliament and raised the question, you know, well, does this include this? What about this? this. What about this? Right. right. The fact that it's raising that many questions is a problem in and of itself. Yeah. From a Christian point of view, our concern is that as it's worded right now, that, that practice, treatment, or service, which is designed to repress or reduce non-heterosexual attraction or sexual behavior, that could include something as simple as a pastor's sermon series, sure. the regular teaching of the Bible right. that seeks to repress or reduce right, sexual behavior right. right, or direct sexual attraction in a God-honoring or God-designed direction. Right? The That's, Bible itself. Right. That That's exactly what the Bible is seeking to do. It's seeking right. to change the right. way we live out and express our sexuality. Well, if that's if that could technically be included under the language of the definition, well, that's a huge problem. Sure. Right. Yeah. The other problem with the language of, of just the definition is, and uh, this is something I was just noticing the other day as I was reading it, Is that the statement to repress or reduce non-heterosexual attraction or sexual behavior, uh, I think, is a problem because it focuses not just on harmful or coercive practices, treatments, or services. And we have to admit that historically, there have been harmful practices, treatments, and services attempting to change people's sexual orientation. Things like electroshock therapy or chemical castration. Or even coerce coercive psychological yep. right uh, efforts. Yeah. Well, I think we can all agree in a in a free society where we ought to treat people with dignity and respect, those things are there's no place for that. No. We can all agree that coercive and harmful treatments ought not occur. Mm-hmm. But the problem is that this the, the language there isn't just focusing on what kinds of practices or or activities should be right. prohibited, it's focusing on the outcome. Right. Right? Yep. Which means effectively means that again, without clearly defining what practice, treatment, or service entails, that any practice treatment or service that represses or reduces sexual activity would be illegal. Right. And and I think I see that really could create a, a whole host of, of accusations and charges being put forward in the future where someone could simply say, look at Regardless of whatever activity you were performing there, whether it's mm-hmm. a teaching in the, the Bible or just a conversation or whatever, mm-hmm. what you were intending to do there was to change my sexual attraction or my sexual behavior. Right. You were attempting to alter the outcome. Well, well, if just bringing forward the fact that you're trying to change an outcome um, right. can be a charge, well, that's, that's yeah. going to create huge problems. As –
1: Basic as me teaching my kids about abstinence.
0: Well, that's a really good example. Yeah. Is that by the language of the bill, right, (laughs) what parents do in parenting, especially when parents, (laughs) right, according to our our, our religious faith and beliefs, is we parent our children to guide them towards particular sexual attraction and behavior outcomes. Yeah. Right? Right whether it's one whether it's something that comes in line with god 's word, or whether it's just common sense parents sure. who want to help their kids avoid harmful sexual activities right right yeah. that's what we 're trying to do right <laughs> so technically this language could be used to make that kind of thing right. simple parental guidance or parental uh, rights illegal yeah. yeah so those are the, the those are the real concerns, and I think along with the concern of the vague v- language is is that the, the Ministry of Justice has, is aware that the language is problematic. Right. And the reason we know they're aware is because they've been taking great efforts to give assurances to people who've raised the concerns. Right. And assurances have come from the, justice, uh, the Ministry of Justice, in particular uh, Justice Minister uh, Lametti. Uh, he was asked, you know, for instance, if it would become illegal for religious leaders to speak about homosexuality. And what he stated in a press conference was that no, now open-ended and explanatory conversation is not prohibited under the bill, right? Okay. So it would not be prohibited for religious leaders to have an open-ended and explanatory conversation or for parents or school counselors or for anyone else. But what he did go on to say though is that what is covered by this legislation are practices that attempt to change one's orientation toward a predefined goal. So to me, his, th- those assurances are, are really not assurances yeah. because he goes back to using that vague word practices. Right. Well, well, well what does that mean? mean. Right. Right. And, and the problem is in, in reassuring us that we're still able to have open-ended and exploratory conversations, that's fine.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But that language is not in the legislation. Right. There, there are a number of spoken assurances on the Justice Ministry's website saying we don't need to worry, you know, it won't, uh, you know, it's still okay for conversations to be had between school Mm -hmm. counselors and all the rest. Well, that's reassuring. But again, the language is not in the bill itself. Right. Um, which, which ultimately is a problem because ultimately then the bill, uh, the bill is used and interpreted by the courts.
1: Right. Right. Not by what's on the justice
0: Justice ministry's website.
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So speaking of the bill, we talked about how parliament was coming back into session this week where is the bill right now in terms of a
0: legislative process yeah so so the bill uh, passed second reading so a bill when it's brought to Parliament goes through first second and third reading mm-hmm. it passed second reading in October October 28 2020 was when it was passed mm-hmm. from there it went to a standing committee on justice and human rights or the Standing Committee on justice and human rights mm-hmm. which was a committee that was struck in order to uh, to research the bill right. and also to hear witness testimony from Various, you know, uh, groups that concerned concerned groups or um, people who would be have have a vested interest in it. Now, wasn't one of the concerns from these groups that you had brought
1: up the vagueness
0: of this bill? Not yes. That one concern was brought up by multiple groups. There were there were about I think there were thirty two separate witnesses, which doesn't just mean individuals, but people who represented. Uh, governing bodies, not governing bodies, but associated bodies, right. Yeah. Among those from from the Christian standpoint, uh, among those was the Evangelical Fellowship of Canada.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, they represented, I yep. uh, believe Christian Legal Fellowship also did. Okay. A number of medical bodies were there, yep. represented also who had concerns. Uh, and of the 32, 28 of those 32 witnesses expressed concern mm-hmm. about the vagueness of the language. Which, yeah. What yeah. was troubling is that Con- subsequent to those yep. testimonies, the Justice Committee heard all of those things from December 1st to December 10th. They then they then finished up their process. Not only did they not make any changes to the language, right. they actually added language that further made it further <laughs> expanded the scope of the definition. No. They ad- added not only sexual orientation and gender identity, but also gender expression. Oh, okay. Right. So. One uh, Actually, one MP, and I can't remember his name now, but uh, an MP from uh, – he was, a, he was a, P, uh, a PQ MP from Quebec, a Parti Québécois MP, brought up the concern that adding gender expression to the definition means – and this is kind of the example he used. So if, if a, a woman's son got up one day and wanted to go to school wearing a dress mm-hmm. and she said, no, you're not wearing a dress today. You're wearing pants. Under the language of the bill, of the definition, that would be an illegal act," he said. "I have a problem with that." Sure, right, rightly <laughs> so. Sure. Anyway, so that testimony was heard from December first to December tenth. On December eleventh, the uh, Standing Committee on Justice returned the bill to the House of Commons with that change made. Right, and so that's where it now currently rests. Okay, it went back to the uh, back to the House, and it's awaiting third reading. which is the third and final reading in front of the house of commons. Mm -hmm. It would be read. There would be opportunity for debate and discussion again, and then it would come to a third vote.
1: Right.
0: Once it's voted after, if it's passed on the third vote, then it goes to the Senate and the Senate would follow a similar process of, Mm -hmm. of uh, discussion. There would be potential for adding amendments. Senators could put forward amendments to be made. Right. Uh, If there were amendments brought forward by the Senate, then the Senate and the House would have to agree on those amendments before they were added. Now, the challenge is senators aren't elected. Sure. So at that point, we have no influence, voice. right? Yep. There's no voice from the public in, in terms of making any kind of changes. Right. And once it's passed by the Senate, then it goes to royal assent. And once it's approved by the governor general, it comes into force.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah. So then as Christians, what kind of responses should we be thinking about to this bill?
0: Well, given that right now, again, parliament just came back sitting this week. I checked the schedule for the House of Commons and Bill C6 is not on the schedule for the House of Commons this week. It could be for next week. That schedule hasn't come out yet. I think right now, uh, since the bill has not yet been passed, there is still time for Christians, uh for believers to petition their MPs. And uh, one of the reasons actually we we made a we uh, put another post on our website this week mm-hmm. uh, that's gone out. And if uh, if you're listening and you'd like to look up look that up, you could go to preparedtoanswer.org slash Bill C6. And you could find that. We've just put up a sample letter that you could send to your MP yeah. expressing the kinds of concerns that we just brought up here. Okay. It would also give you some links to some other useful websites, some great material from the Evangelical Fellowship, There's some material from uh, the four C's, the Canadian Council of Christian Charities. And there's some links also to some of the government websites, the legislative websites that would just give you kind of information about the bill itself. So right now, since the bill hasn't been passed, I think there's time for Christians to react in petitioning their MPs to voice concern to ask for clarification in the language. The bill itself, the intent of the bill is to, is to make sure that harmful and coercive practice is not carried out against people to change their sexual orientation or gender identity. I think we can all agree that that ought not yes. happen. Yeah. And as Christians, we can stand shoulder to shoulder with people and say, you know what? No, we those kinds of things sh- should not occur. But the language of the bill needs to change sure. to make sure that not only are religious beliefs not infringed upon, mm-hmm. but also that helpful therapeutic medical right. practices aren't infringed upon. Right. And that was some of the concern raised by those from the medical field who were witnesses to the Standing Justice Committee right. on the bill. Yeah. So that's, I think, what we could do right now. Okay. The, the second response I was thinking about is, okay, what if the bill then is passed as it stands? What if it gets passed right. and it's not amended and there's no right. changes made? And I think if that's the case, I think Christians, we should just continue living according to our convictions and offer informed responses uh, around the assurances given about protected practices. Uh, Just thinking about this, you know, even if they refuse to put the kind of assuring language into the legislation that would help protect religious rights and freedoms, Mm -hmm. if that doesn't happen – I think even if the bill goes into force, we should still be appealing to the assurances they gave us. Right. And right. one of the links we do give on our website is to the Justice ministry's website, web page on Bill C-6, where some of those, those reassurances are, are, or those clarifications are made. Right. Right. That would, would make sure, you know, that conversations about sexual orientation, gender identity, exploratory conversations, those kinds of things sh- could still take place. Right. So I think if that's the case, we just need to carry on, but but take those kinds of assurances at face value and mm-hmm. appeal to them if and when we need to. Right. The last thing, uh, the third response I think maybe we would need to think about is if the bill in time is used, if if it starts being used to restrict religious freedoms. Right. And I think that's where as Christians... As, as we having, we're having we having to think right now, Sean, in many respects about counting the cost of what it means to be a follower of Jesus, yeah. that it is becoming more and more the case where there is going to be a cost. And I think this is a good example of potentially where we might face that. I think of Jesus' words in Matthew ten sixteen, where he says to his disciples, he says, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes. And as innocent as doves. And so I think for pastors and church leaders, this will may mean facing the threat of legal sanction in order to faithfully teach and lead the church to follow the whole counsel of God's word. I don't think that means we go out looking for a fight. No. I think that's part of the the being shrewdness part of Jesus' right. command, right? We have to be careful in how we use our language. Yeah. We not ought not to be inflammatory in our speech, but at the same time we can't we can't apologize for for teaching the counsel mm. of God's word, the whole counsel God's word, even if it's unpopular. For parents, this could mean facing battles with the state, mm-hmm. and and this is the scary part of going forward if this bill is not changed. Yeah. To face battles with the state in order to fulfill your God given responsibility to mm-hmm. to, tra- to raise your children in the training and instruction of the Lord. Mm-hmm. As Paul says in Ephesians six four, and and that is concerning. I think again, though, as as Christians, uh, that we just we simply need to stand confident in the promises of God's word, and and boldly raise our children to follow God's decrees and to follow God's word. That that may yeah, that may pr- create problems in the future. Sure. I hope that it does not. But I guess that's something we need to prepare ourselves for. And that may be part of counting the cost. I, I think it also means, and I just, I, I would put a little bit of a, I guess, a plug out there for organizations like the Evangelical Fellowship of Canada or the Four C's or Canadian Legal Fellowship right. or other, other I guess, faith-based bodies that, whose work is focused on, you know, petitioning and being involved in the legislative process. Mm-hmm. I think they need our support. Sure that we need to be aware that they're there and be willing to support, uh, the work that they do, whether it's financially. I and mean, that's a lot of, uh, a big part of it is that these are usually organizations that re- depend upon sure. donations yeah. or even to offer, just offer support, but also to be a- a- aware of their often they have websites with materials mm-hmm. on them. And when they call, put a call out for action, like whether it's writing a letter to your MP or whatever, to, to take okay. them up on that, to yeah. follow that and, yeah. and be part of the process to yeah. try and help and advocate for uh, for the rights that we have as citizens in this country. Sure, sure.
1: Thanks, Scott. You mentioned in our chat today about a link to our site, org slash Bill C6. and encourage you to go to that site. It will have all kinds of resources, and you had mentioned those resources that... Um, That people can access and take advantage of. In the weeks to come, we're going to be discussing Bill C-6
0: through blog posts. Is that right? Yeah. We're going to spend a little time uh, just focusing some attention on Bill C-6. As in, uh, again, in the next couple of weeks, we should probably expect to see it coming before Parliament for third reading. Right. And so we'll be following that just to, to kind of see what's happening. And obviously we'll have, uh, our response will depend on exactly <laughs> right. what takes place. Right. We hope and pray that if people are listening, please take the time to communicate with, to contact, to urge your MP. Mm-hmm. uh to to you know to voice concern about the wording and to seek some amendment we're not looking to have the bill struck down no we're looking to have language clarifying language brought to it right. that would ensure that it doesn't infringe upon rights the rights and freedoms of Canadians to hold beliefs mm-hmm. but also upon those who would who would be uh looking for treatment and help right. in the areas of sexual orientation and gender identity that they could they could get treatments that they need to get that right. are helpful treatments, right, that would not impede them because the language of the bill was so vague. So, yeah, so uh, please take action to do that. Mm-hmm. And that would be, I guess, the thing I'd want to end on saying. Okay. Yeah.
1: Wonderful. And we'd encourage you to keep an eye out for our blogs mm-hmm. and possible podcasts and possible video in the weeks to come
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, and to continue to pray for this, uh, this important
0: issue for yep. sure. For sure. Thanks, Scott. Okay. Thanks, John. Okay. This podcast has been a ministry of Prepared to Answer. Our mission at Prepared to Answer is to help prepare, equip, and encourage the Church of Jesus Christ to grow in confidence of faith by teaching Christians to think like Jesus. To access more resources to help you begin understanding life and the world around you with the mind of Jesus, visit our website at www.preparedtoanswer.org Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at at prepared to answer, or contact us directly by email at info at to May the Lord bless and keep you.